Well, good morning. Someone told me as I came in that um, I'm becoming the new ch new pastor. Is that is that true? Is this the right guy? I'm excited to be here. It feels different this time. I'll tell you, it feels different. Instead of talking about you, I'm going to be talking about us. And that's, that's really exciting because we're about to go on a journey together as a church. God has done some great, great things in this church. Can you say amen? He's done some great things. I hear story after story. And I always believe the best is yet to come. The best is yet to come. And so I want to read um, a verse, Acts chapter 2, verse 38. I think it's a snapshot. It's a picture, if you ask me of what a beautiful church looks like. And with that, I want to read, starting in verse 38. Peter replied, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, for all who call the name of the Lord, for all whom the Lord our God will call. With many other words, he warned them, and he pleaded with them, save yourself from this corrupt generation. Those who accepted his message were baptized. And about 3,000 were added to their number that day. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to the breaking of bread and to prayer. And everyone was filled with awe at the many signs and wonders performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. And they sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. And they broke their bread in their homes. And they met together in the temple, uh, uh, together with glad, I love this, with glad and sincere hearts. Praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their numbers daily those that were being saved. This is the word of the Lord to us today. You know, when I say, I, I, what, I, what I think of beautiful churches, and when you think of beautiful churches, sometimes we have different definitions of what that is. And, uh, and it's important that we're, we're working with the same definition. You know, my, my mother, she knows, she knows I bust her chops about this, so she, she won't get mad if she watches this. But for a long time, she thought LOL meant lots of love. I heard it's a common thing, and, uh, but it's all very awkward, you know, when someone says, I you know, I want to let you know my grandmother died, and she said, I'm so sorry, LOL. And once she did this to me, and I said, why did you, what, was, what did you LOL? She said, lots of love. I said, it doesn't mean lots of love to anyone but you. It means laugh out loud. And she's like, oh, and all of a sudden, my started racing, and all the time she awkwardly sent LOL to the wrong person. And so I think I want to start here today uh, to talk to you that as we're talking and you think, who, who is this, what does this pastor think about church? What does this pastor, where are we going? What are we doing? I think Acts chapter 2 is a great picture because it's going to show us, number one, number one, you see in Acts chapter 2, a multi-generational church. It says, repent, be baptized, every one of you, in the name of, the, of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And you'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This promise is for your children and for our, all who are afar off, for all whom the Lord will call. You know, last week, I, I preached at my church. I gave kind of, uh, they, they announced it globally to the whole church that I was leaving. And I shared a message, and I shared a story about how I had been asked as a younger minister, probably 10 years ago, maybe 15 years ago, what is going to be the sign of success for you? 
At the time, I was just kind of trying to make it work every week. I was a youth pastor trying to preach a good sermon, make sure everyone showed up and the kids stayed out of trouble and, you know, just trying to kind of in survival mode. But he, the question forced me to have a vision, pull back and have a vision. What is my dream? And I said, here is my dream. That one day, as an older pastor, I could sit in the front row and look back over my shoulder and see families that consist of kids that were in my youth group that loved Jesus and married each other. And now they have kids that love Jesus and are serving the Lord. And I said, that will be a sign of success for me. When I shared it at my church, I wept because I looked up and I saw these families that I had married and their kids were in the youth ministry now. And I think our hearts, I said, I'm not going to be satisfied personally as, as a, just as a man, as a father, until my kids' kids are serving the Lord. That's my heart. I hope it's your heart too. That it's not, that you're not just content to go to heaven alone, man. I want to take my whole family. I want to take all my friends. I want to take all of Lake County with us. And Acts chapter 2 says this promise of God is not just for you, but it's for your kids and for your kids' kids. And I'm praying that God is going to do something in this community that from young to old, rich to poor, educated, uneducated, that they're going to hear the gospel message. They're going to respond to the message, and they're going to be added to the church. Number two... A church that is intentional about community and discipleship. It says that they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to the breaking of bread and to prayer. I'm going to get into those four things in a second, but I want you to notice the first word. It says they devoted themselves. They devoted themselves. You hear the word devotion. Devoted means I'm going to do this when I feel like it. I'm going to do it when I don't feel like it because the Bible has commanded us to do it. Matthew 28 says, therefore, this is Jesus speaking, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. So they devoted themselves. See, our, our spiritual life sometimes is stunted because we think our emotions matter way too much. I just didn't feel like reading the Bible this morning. I just didn't feel like going to church today. I just didn't feel like participating. Listen, if you let that guide your spiritual life, you are going to become spiritually bankrupt eventually. You know, it was so funny the other day. I was talking to someone actually this morning, and they were asking about, you know, working out and stuff. And I said, I get up and I go every morning. And I, I rarely take a day off because if I take a day off, it leads to two. It's like a cheat meal. I don't know if you've ever been on a diet and you say, I'm just going to have a cheat meal. And cheat meal turns into a cheat day and then a cheat week and a cheat month. I don't know if, you're, if I'm the only one that lacks discipline. I'm just going to have one cookie and then all the cookies are gone. So it's like just, no, no, I just can't, I can't go there. It's just, a, this is a devoted themselves. It means I am going to do this thing called spiritual growth. And these are the four elements of it, is the apostles' teaching, which is good doctrine, consistently saying, I'm going to fill myself with the good stuff of the Word of God. You know, we're blessed and cursed in this modern age that you can go online and you can find anything. You can find great teaching and you can find wacky teaching. And we have to be discerning of heart to know what, what, is, what is good doctrine. This is the apostles' doctrine. They focused on what is the good doctrine of, of the church. The second one is fellowship. Notice it says they devoted themselves to fellowship. And the breaking of bread. I'm going to get into these are, some people think that breaking of bread might mean the Lord's table. But the way that the scripture unfolds, it seems like they just liked getting together and hanging out. 
You guys are quiet. I don't know if you guys like hanging out with each other. I don't know if it's like that. That's why I got so quiet. Like, you're not going to encourage us to hang out with each other, are you? Yes, I am. And this was not a gluten-free church. They got together and they, they ate bread together, you know? And they hung out. And that was actually part of their devotions. Because if I had to say to you, what's devotions? Do you have a devotional life? You would probably most quickly mention, I read the Bible. In the morning, I wake up with the Bible. I have a prayer time. I have a worship time. Those are all devotional things. But you know what another devotional thing is? Fellowship is devotional. That's what it says here. They devoted themselves to fellowship and breaking bread. Do you know you are going to be spiritually stunted if you try to do your spiritual journey alone? God has called us to do this thing together. And the Bible says they devoted themselves to get together. That's why we don't just have church. We have Bible studies. We have picnics. We have times to get together. And besides all that, just say, hey, come on over to the house after church, or let's get together and go for a walk in the park and hang out. Because you see in this church people that liked each other. Can you imagine? I'm going to make you laugh, guys. You're just kind of looking at me. They liked each other. They liked hanging out with each other. You know why? Because you know when you, when, you, when you get saved, something comes alive in your spirit. You're excited. And when you meet someone else, you ever been out in the store and you see somebody you think, that person's a believer? I don't know what you mean. I said, Are you, do you know Jesus? Yeah. I said, I can tell. There's something, there's something in my spirit that senses something in your spirit. And all of a sudden, I don't know them. I don't know their story. But there's a, all, all of a sudden a connection where I want to be around them. And the Bible says for, for these believers in Acts chapter 2, they didn't just say, oh, when it happens, it happens. No, they devoted themselves. They were intentional about getting together. And then this, prayer, prayer. I was so blessed to hear that part of the story of me even getting here was that this church entered into a season of prayer. It wasn't just getting practical. You guys were super practical because, you know, you don't just find a pastor. You had to do some practical things. But you, you backed up and said, well, but, 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 God, we want God to do what God wants to do. And you prayed. All of what we're saying here today, listen, we're not building a business here. We're not building a club. We're a part of a church. And God builds the church. And we need God's help. That's why every time there's prayer, what prayer is, a confession of God, I am not able and I need you. Whenever I'm prayerless in my days, days that I don't pray, what I'm literally saying is, I'm good today, God. I'm okay. You know, on Sundays, I'll definitely pray because I'll need your help on a Sunday. But on Monday, it's my day off, you know. So I got, I got Mondays, I got half a Tuesday, but I'll get back to it. That's a bad confession. The right confession is, God, every hour I need you. I need your strength all the time. And the Bible says they devoted themselves to prayer. Number three, a church marked by the presence of God. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. I heard someone say, it wasn't like, ah, oh, another church service. Ah, oh, another get-together. Ah, oh, Pastor John's running late with a sermon today. Ah, oh. no. No, it was, it was wonderment, man. They were watching God doing amazing things, and they were like, whoa. And see, the presence of God's a funny thing, right? It's a, it's a non-tangible. I, you know, it's not like, oh, well, come on into this is this is Good News Church, and there's the children's ministry, and here's the instruments, and over in the corner is the presence of God. It doesn't work like that. But I'll tell you, when you walk into a church and the presence of God is not there, 
you feel it. There's a deadness. There's an emptiness. There's a hollowness. But also when the presence of God is there, a lot of things happen. Number one, God starts to do amazing things in people's lives, and people can sense that they walk in. And when the church, I, I have seen people come to church for the first time, and before the preaching happens, before anything is going on, they just walk in, they'll hear the worship music, and tears will start to come around on their face. They'll say, I don't, why am I, why am I crying? What's wrong with me? I'll say, that's, the, that's the, your experience in the presence of God. Can I tell you, my prayer is for everyone who walks through those doors, whether their marriage is broken, maybe they're struggling with addiction, maybe they're struggling with depression, they walk in here, and God's presence is here that makes them feel in their spirit, maybe I can change. Maybe things can change for me. I'm praying, listen, we can't fix people on a heart level. Can you say amen? You can't. You can't. God has to do that. And that's why we pray, say, God, we need you in the house today. We need you to show up that it's not just some songs and a speech, but what people need ultimately is a touch from Almighty God. And what you saw in the Acts chapter 2 church was people would walk in and they were like, whoa, this is different. See, what they'd experience was temple, and they'd go to the temple, and they'd do their routines, and they'd do, pray their prayers, and they would read their sermons, but then they would just go home. But when they walked in and saw what was going on with the apostles, man, something powerful was happening. My prayer is that this church would be marked by the presence of God. The presence of God is needed in our culture today. There is godlessness that is pervasive in our world I don't think I need to preach that point too hard. I just think you turn on the TV, watch the evening news, and you think, man, our nation needs the Lord. We're not competing with the world. You know, we're not trying to compete with Disney. We have something that they don't have. We have the power and the presence of God. And that's why we pray. And we say, God, we want you to have your way in the house today. And every day. Number four, it was a generous church. Because all the believers were together and had everything in common, and they sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. When I think about generosity, I think there's three elements, things that we have, that things that we possess. It's our time, it's our talent, and it's our treasure, our money. Those are three things. And let me just say this, all of that you have, every breath you breathe comes from God. Your talents have come from God. Well, I went to college. Well, who gave you the brain cells to go to college? It was the Lord that gave you that. Well, I, I've been working on my craft, my, my, my instrument for years. I'm a web developer. I'm a doctor. Great, but it was God that gave you the breath and the strength and the intellect to do it. You were given those talents by God, and your treasure, your money, is from the Lord. And so when we talk about generosity, it's not just money. See, I heard someone say this. When we bring our tithes and offerings into the storehouse, we bring our tithes in a special way to remind ourselves that all that we have is God's in an ordinary way. What do I mean by that? Well, I came and I gave 10% I gave to the church. Done. Check the box. Well, listen, you might walk out the door, go to a store, and see a single mother and, think, and you feel a prompting from God. You should bless her. She's behind you in line, and you feel a prompting of God. Pay for her groceries. But I already tithed. <laughs> That's nice. It's a good reminder that all the money you have belongs to God. And what you see here is this church was quick to help each other and quick to help the lost. 
And I think we want to be a church that's marked by generosity. Hey, when there's a need, we're going to meet it. You need someone to, to fill up the, the baptismal, I'll come here early and do it. Oh, someone's sick and they can't vacuum, let me do that. Oh, you need, someone needs counseling, I, I, I want to help them. There's a sense of we're all going to put our hands to the plow, and we're going to build the kingdom of God together. It's not the staff's job alone. It's not the core members alone. It's all of them. You see this happening that all of them were doing it together. Now, you see, I'm just walking through this verse with us, but see this, it's a church built, that builds a unified, enviable, Christ-centered community. I'll tell you, a lot of times, and this is, this, is, this is a good thing and a bad thing. Sometimes people convert to church. They don't convert to Jesus. And why is that? Because you come in Good News Church, the coffee's fresh, the cookies are soft, the people are nice, the music's nice. You think, I, I like to hang out here. Is there a membership fee? No, you can come for free. And, and the coffee's free. I'll, I'll sign up. I'm in. And so people are like, oh, yeah, I'm, I go to church. I go to church. I go to church. Why? Because that's actually a good thing. We're building a, a, a place where, man, there's love here. There's encouragement here. There's speaking good things over each other. The Acts chapter 2 church was building something that the world all around them were saying, this stands in stark contrast to everything else we see. Can I tell you, our church should be able to build an enviable community. People say the marriages look different there. The relationships look different there. The way they talk is different there. It's almost a subsect. So it's a culture within a culture. That is what the church ought to be. Because we are not of this world. We're in this world, but we're not of this world. And as we adopt the things that Christ calls us to adopt, we start to build this beautiful community. And I, I, I've only been here a little bit, talked to you. I've talked to more people here than I've actually hung out here. But as I'm hanging out, I can sense it. I can sense in the room there's an optimism. There's a, there's a joy. There's a believing in one another, believing good things for the future, speaking good things about each other. And we want to continue to do that. And number five, I love this, a happy church. How many think we should have a happy church? We should be happy when we come to church. There should be a sense of, I like coming to church. Acts chapter, Acts chapter 2, 46 says, Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts, and they broke their bread in their homes and ate together with a glad and sincere heart. They were happy. They were authentic with each other. They were joy-filled. They understood they were on mission together. It doesn't mean it's easy. You know, back in Utica, I serve our Utica Fire Department. There's 125 members and seven stations, and, and uh, I get called out uh, to the fires, the two-alarm fires, that the, the big house fires or businesses that are on fire, and I'll, I'll go and support the guys there and, and gear up. And I'll tell you, you've never seen a happier bunch of guys than firefighters putting out a fire. They're sweating, and they're exhausted, and man, they're like, we're doing it, man. We're, we're doing something of value, you know? And of course, when we get there, the first thing we do is we secure souls and make sure no one's injured inside, no one's trapped inside. But man, once that's done, I'm telling you, once that's done, there's a seriousness. As soon as that's done, these guys are making jokes and having fun, and it's not because they're not tired. They are exhausted. They are smoked, but they're like, man, we don't talk about glad and sincere hearts. That's what I think about. Firefighters doing their job, and I'll tell you, no one is happier than a Christian that knows they're on mission. And when you're on mission, maybe, maybe you just did the worship and you just, the worship was awesome today. And I, I, I just, I'm in the zone. We call it being in the zone. And listen, when a church is in the zone, there's joy. When you're on mission, there's joy. When you're not, you get petty, you get offended, you get critical. And the best elixir to all of that stuff is to stay on mission. 
And especially in the season we're in where we're kind of moving from one phase to another, listen, do not lean out, lean in and say, you know what, I'm going I'm to be a part. Maybe you, you've never volunteered before. Maybe you've been hiding the fact that you, you could be on the worship team. Listen, see Joseph and get on the worship team. Maybe you need to see Allie working with the kids. Maybe you want to volunteer around the, the property or whatever it is to say, you know what, I'm going to play my part. And don't be surprised that it actually increases your joy. Even though it takes your time and your energy, it will increase your joy because when you serve the kingdom of God, something powerful happens in you. Finally, number seven, a church where lives are changed. It says this. There's two sections I want you to see. One is 3,000 people were added to the church. 3,000 people were added to the church that day. Now, you're really like, that's awesome. But, so I'm, but I'm a pastor. I'm, I'm like, I think of logistics. Do we have enough toilet paper for 3,000 people? Do, 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 we, do we have enough seats? Do we, do we have, you know, is the, is the AC going to collapse with all the bodies in here? Are we going to, what are we going to do with a children's ministry? And, 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 and I'll tell you how it survived. I'll tell you how it survived is because we're not a restaurant, we're a family. Listen, I want to say it again. We're not a restaurant, we're a family. See, in a restaurant, you go to a restaurant, and if it's busy and the, and the waitress looks stressed out, you just kind of say, slow service today. Very slow service. I don't know what's going on around here, you know. It's like, you know, you don't, you don't get up and go back in the kitchen and say, hey, can I help? I mean, you shouldn't do that. I mean, trust me, you shouldn't do that. You just sit there, and then you leave, and maybe you leave a bad Yelp review. Went on Tuesday at Chick-fil-A, and my chicken sandwich was closed, and, uh, you know. But in a family, let me just tell you, husbands, if you get a bad meal from your wife, you don't leave her a bad Yelp review. I know, I know from experience, I left her a bad Yelp review. She got really upset about it. I said, it was cold. I don't know what to tell you, you know? I want our friends. <laughs> you don't do that. You say, shut up. You make your own sandwich. And so if you go to someone's house, listen, if you go to someone's house and you notice maybe she, it's Thanksgiving and, and, and the, the lady of the house is working hard, the guy's out there grilling, you don't just sit there and wait. You go, can, can, I, can I help? Can I help? Can I help? Especially for family. You get up, you help. And, and the more that are there, the more people to help. The more that are there, the more people to help. And see, and if that's how a family works. That's not how a restaurant works. And a lot of times, people treat the church like a restaurant. Where they come in, they sit down, they give a four-star review. They say, I like the first song, but not the second song. And uh, I'm really not into serving. Listen, we are a family. And the reason this church could survive 3,000 people being added is all 3,000 people put their hand to the plow. Why? Acts 47. How do I know this? It says, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And it says, the Lord added to their numbers daily those who were, those last two words, very important, being saved. Not attending. See, remember I said that? Like some people like get converted to church? No, these people came to Jesus. They got saved. They got saved. And when they got saved, go back to the beginning of Acts. They began a part of this group that devoted themselves to the apostles' doctrine and the breaking of bread and to prayer. And so they just were woven into the family of God. But what an exciting thing to say. I pray it would be said of us that daily God would be adding to Good News Church those that are getting saved. You might say, Mark, are you all about numbers? Well, yeah. Let me give you one number. 400,000 people who live in Lake County who need Jesus. And when I look around here, I'm not super good with numbers, but there's not 400,000 here. Now, maybe they're in another church. I hope they are. There's lots of great churches. But listen, there's a lot of people that are far away from God in Lake County. 
And we got to thank God for all he has done so far. We got to say, God, there, there's more. There's my neighbors. There's my coworkers. There's my friends. There's my family. People that are trapped. People that are addicted. People that are lost. People that are believing the lies of this world. They need the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And Acts chapter 2, you see this whole thing unfolding. Then it says, they were being saved. They were being saved. You know, it says in the scriptures, it says, some sow, some water, but God brings the increase. See, we are not responsible ultimately for people's salvation. Jesus is. I can't, I can't save anybody. I can't save anybody. You can't save anybody. But we can sow and we can water and we can commit ourselves to opening up our eyes and saying, God, this is the kind of church I want to be a part of. And notice this, the church was not just inside the church. It was outside the church. It says they were praising God. This is still up there, verse 47. And enjoying the favor of, of all people. Of all people. Not just church people. All the people. There was a buzz in town that something's going on over there, Good News Church. And not just something good, that they had favor. I'm praying that we have favor. The doors would up, open up to this church like never before into the community, whether it's in the, in, into the schools or the police departments, whether it's, whether it's into the colleges, wherever it is. And they'd say, hey, when they see good news coming, they'll say, come on in. And then we would have what they had in Acts chapter 2, favor with all the people. And in that moment, like, that's sowing and watering. Listen, that's sowing and watering. And I know this church does that monthly. You give to different things. You participate in different things. See, I definitely have alternate motives in all that I do in my community. My, my, I bring donuts to the police department. I, I visit City Hall. My alternative motive, I want them to know Jesus. It's a very thinly veiled alternative motive, but I want them to know Jesus. But that means working at soup kitchens. Maybe that means tutoring in a school. Maybe that means being a part in a community. But, but what happened is the, the, the community saw what was going on. They were giving them favor. And the Lord did what only the Lord can do. They were being saved. I'm praying for God, just as I was praying for the service, that marriages are going to start to be healed, healing families. I, I think of so many people that have mental health struggles, and I say, Lord, would you do a miracle for these people? Would you do a miracle? We're going to do our part as a church, but we're going to pray that God does what only God can do. It's God's grace and strength that we're going to, going to keep sowing, and we're going to keep watering, and we're going to continue to build a healthy church. And what I just said is what I think is a beautiful church, a beautiful church. It's a joy. The Bible says, I was glad when they said to me, let's go to the house of the Lord. David said this, I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of God than to dwell in the tents of the wicked. Because he understood something, man, the house of God is where it's at. And I would just encourage us, I know we're, we're, we're different ages and stages of life here in this room, and, and I, I just, I thank God for that, and we're praying that we're going to get younger and older and everything in between, because God wants to touch, like I said, in this county is everything. I've been driving around last time and this time, and just seeing people and seeing businesses, the big houses, the small houses, the laborers that look like they're, they're about to die sweating, working on roofs, and people who drive in Lamborghinis. There's just everyone. And listen, everyone needs the Lord. They all need the Lord. And we need to say, God, what is my circle? This is my commission to you, if I would. What's the circle you're in? What street do you live in? That street you live in, that's your circle. That business that you work at, that's your circle. Your family, that's your circle. This is my circle right here. Lord, would you help me 
to sow into water into these people that they could come to know the power and the presence and the salvation of God. I want you to stand to your feet as I pray over us here, Good News Church. I'm excited in this next journey. I, I actually, I forgot to do this, but I'm gonna, I want you to put my, put my email up on the screen. I think you have it back there. And if you want to reach out to me, I want to make sure that you know you can do that when we're in this kind of changing stage. I'm hoping to get down here with my family in October. Uh, the earlier, the better. Is that right? Yep, Mark Schilling. That's actually, oh, yeah, perfect. Thank you. 135, oh, you got to change it. It's 13502, add an extra zero. I just do this so no, none of the emails get to me. I just put this up there and it just goes to someone else's. Some other shillings like, who are all these people in Florida emailing me? What's going on? I don't know you. That would be really awkward. So I take away it with zero and uh, we'll get that fixed. But um, I, I'm, I'm excited. The reason I'm putting this is because I'm, I'm excited getting to know you guys and knowing your story and know, knowing where your God's gifted you and where God's calling you. And uh, we're, we're going to weave our lives together for the glory of God. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, we love you so much. And Lord, I just pray today, Lord, as we just look at the Acts chapter 2 church, and we're just reminded of what happens when you enter the room. Lord, how you can just totally change things. Just to think about that. 3,000 people in one day. Wow. Wow. That's not a program. That's not a personality. That's the power of God. And so, Lord, I just pray over this, uh, this town, over this county, over this church, Lord, that, God, your will would be done. Your kingdom would come. And, God, you would use this church as a beacon of light in this region. As people come in, maybe for the first time, that, God, they would just experience something they've never experienced before, hope. Lord, through it, God, they would surrender their lives to Jesus. And we could say, like the Acts Church, that daily you were adding to Good News Church, those that were being saved. Lord, bless us now as we go. Lord, work in us and work through us for, for your glory and for our good. And in it and through it all, we'll give you all the praise. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen.